What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Triple Play Fantasy YouTube channel. The NFL Draft is going on to day three, and these first two days have been absolutely insane. I've loved just watching the chaos, the trades, the veteran wide receivers going all over the place. It's crazy. It's a, it, the NFL is a crazy landscape right now. And as we look after day two, there have been 17 wide receivers taken in the 2022 NFL Draft. And what I'm going to do today is, after we have the first two days of data, the impact players for fantasy at the wide receiver position are most likely have been drafted. So what I would like to do now is rank my top 12 for Dynasty going forward and just kind of my thoughts on them before they've played their first NFL snap and just looking at their situations with their new teams here. So let's start off with number 12, and that's going to be John Mechie, drafted by the Houston Texans. Mechie, if you remember, very great at Alabama. He obviously does not have the same type of name value that you saw with Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddell, Devonta Smith, and even in this class, Jamison Williams, who we'll get to later. But if you remember, as a freshman behind a lot of those guys, he still had 55 catches for almost 1,000 yards and six touchdowns in 2020. And last season, 96 catches for 1,142 yards and eight touchdowns. He was... Uh, Part of an Alabama offense that uh, just was absolutely on fire. Could have potentially won it all if he had not gone down towards the end of the season. But he was 23rd in the class in yards per route run. An average depth of target, he was just 35th among wide receivers. But yards after the catch, 56.9% of his yards stem from that after the catch. 6.8 yards after the catch per reception, which was 14th. He should be someone right now that's going to step in for the Texans. Obviously, you have to see how the ACL does and if he's ready to start the season. But when he's on the field, he should be someone. He's going to be opposite of Brandon Cooks. You got Nico Collins there, and you got David Mills at quarterback. So Davis Mills should be able to get these three the ball. Mechie is somebody that I do think is going to be, in his rookie season, a better real-life player than fantasy player. But he's somebody that is not bad. He should be, again, I have him as number 12 in this class. and. He could easily rise up the ranks if he shows he's healthy and he can command a larger larger target share in this offense if Brandon Cooks does not last in Houston. My next guy here is Johan Dotson, drafted by the Washington Commanders. Now, Dotson is an interesting case here as he's going to be teaming up with Terry McLaurin. And you saw Curtis Samuel, Diami Brown last year were supposed to be the help that they were supposed to provide Terry McLaurin, but not so much. Matt Harmon has stated that Dotson has the best hands in this class. Matt Harmon, of course, from reception perception. And he's also the best zone beater in this class. There's no reason I wouldn't think he could line up eventually, maybe by midway through the season, line up opposite of Terry McLaurin. He'll probably be brought along slowly. I'm sure they'll give Curtis Samuel and Diami Brown some more snaps earlier on, and he'll have to earn those snaps. But right away, he could always contribute on special teams. And he's going to be somebody that's very, obviously he's extremely fast and he could be someone that does have a gradual increased role as the season goes along. And ultimately in dynasty purposes, this is again, somebody that if they do resign Terry McLaurin, you would expect he goes opposite of him as the number two pass catcher in this offense. And is if Washington has a capable quarterback, Carson Wentz is capable, not great, but he's capable. This is somebody that could be potentially a deep flex play down the road. Somebody that could, um, be somebody that you wouldn't mind stashing in your dynasty league. Again, the, the number 11 wide receiver in this class for me with where he landed. Next guy on this list I'm going to talk about here is David Bell out of Purdue, drafted by the Cleveland Browns in the third round. 
And he was the most decorated in terms of production in this class. He averaged eight receptions and 101.6 yards per game in his college career, both high marks for this class. And if you remember, as a 19-year-old freshman, he had 86 catches for over 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns, and then finished this season with 93 catches, almost 1,300 yards and six touchdowns. He's beaten man coverage for 3.29 yards per route this season, which was fifth best in the class. And people were talking about the biggest knock on David Bell and why he fell. Obviously, his combine was very poor. He did not do well in the 40-yard dash. But he was last in this class in explosive play rate per target, 19%. And checking out as the 12th percentile athlete, which is, again, does not make you seem very confident in David Bell. Uh, right now, before the combine, he was somebody you could see potentially going as like the sixth or seventh wide receiver. He went deep in the double digits in this draft. So uh, the why, reason why he's number 10 above the other two guys is I like his situation the best. Cleveland needs wide receivers. And Deshaun Watson regardless of what you want to say off the field, which is makes complete sense why he shouldn't even be playing football, but on the field, he's a top five talent and Cleveland needs wide receivers. They lack proven commodities at that position. So David Bell, as the roster stands today, today could step in from day one and be the second highest amount of targets on this team. That would not shock me. Um, he's somebody that obviously is going to have to prove it in camp, but I think in for dynasty, as it stands today, the Cleveland Browns, he's he is one of their top options in the passing game. And that says something, especially with somebody that uh, just a couple months ago was regarded as a, an early day two pick. So right now, the situation stands. David Bell is my number 10 wide receiver in this class. Alec Pierce, drafted by the Indianapolis Colts. Alec Pierce is somebody that I'll admit I hadn't watched too much film on. But as I started getting to hear his name more and more and watching more highlights over the last few weeks, I've been really impressed with the type of play he has. He's able to play with a kind of burst and acceleration at 6'3 that you don't see too often. Somebody, people kept comparing him to Jordy Nelson, just the way he plays. I mean, I think, it, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but he definitely has talent. He's got impressive ball skills, just four drops over his last two years. His average depth of target for his career is almost 17 yards downfield. And he's got skills to work at all different levels of the field. It's obviously a very deep draft class, but he's somebody going to the Indianapolis Colts. They have Michael Pittman there as their wide receiver one, but there are a ton of questions after that. So there is no reason that this guy who is drafted again as a mid day two pick, but has talent could not step into this role by mid season in 2022 as the number two pass catcher for this Colts team. He's a good red zone threat at 6'3", so that height definitely plays. He, you can see him high point the ball really well. I like Alec Pierce a lot, and Matt Ryan is somebody that's capable of getting his receivers the ball, and I very much am in on Alec Pierce. That's why he's inside my top 10. He's my number nine wide receiver, and again, don't be shocked if he outperforms where he's at right now because he's in a good offense with a good offensive line, and he's going to be able to get downfield and make big plays. So I like Alec Pierce. He's my number nine dynasty wide receiver at the stands right now. Number eight, Christian Watson, who let's be honest. When we saw him get drafted by the green Bay Packers, I think we all wanted to overreact, say he's going to be the number one wide receiver in this class based off just where he landed and, and what should be coming of him with that. But let's just hold the brakes a little bit here because Christian Watson, while he's very good, uh, uh, obviously, you saw he's 6'4", ran like a 4'3", 6'40". 
the athleticism is arguably the best in this class. There's no reason why we should question his athleticism. The workout numbers are insane, but the tape is where I'm a little bit concerned. Uh, the potential is there, but you have to, he obviously is having a hard time separate from wide receiver or from the defensive backs. According to PFF, he caught 30% of contested catches in his collegiate career. So he's not necessarily somebody that's doing great 50, catching a lot of 50, 50 balls at his size. He's also very, very raw in terms of route running. He needs to clean that up right now. He's just kind of an athlete and not necessarily a route runner. And that's something where I think he does need to improve, but the draft capital and where the Packers took him and the fact that they have right now, Lowen Lazard, who should be their number one this year, as it stands today. Uh, they have a couple other pieces on that team, Randall Cobb, but there's not very many guys that are, you could trust that Aaron Rodgers is going to be like, okay, this is the guy I need to get the ball to. And Christian Watson could eventually evolve into that. I wouldn't be shocked to see him in the MVS role early on in his career. Somebody that has a few breakout games in his rookie season, but then as this, as his career goes along, he does become the the X, the number one wide receiver in this offense. I just think his rookie season, we got to tamper expectations. He's going to be learning the game coming from a small school in North Dakota State. So I do think rookie season maybe does not do exactly what we're hoping, but long term, I do think he's going to be valuable. He's my number eight dynasty wide receiver as it stands today. And the Packers landing spots is a big reason for that. Um, but he's somebody that I like, but there are other receivers in this class that I think the situations and the talent outweigh him just a little bit more. My number seven wide receiver for this class in dynasty purposes is George Pickens of the Steelers. George Pickens is somebody that if you looked when he went to Georgia, he's a five-star recruit, hit the ground running at Georgia. He posted 49 catches for 727 yards and eight touchdowns as a true freshman at 18 years old in the SEC, which is just bonkers. Capped that first season winning Sugar Bowl MVP, and he had 12 catches for 175 yards and a touchdown that year. Now, the following two seasons, he had just 12 games played, 35 total snaps, and this past season after he suffered an ACL injury in spring practices in March did not play. But he's got the pedigree at 6'3", 195 pounds. This was somebody who was a first-round pick uh, just a couple of years ago, potentially in the NFL draft. And he's somebody, there's maturity questions, obviously, like off the field. There's that. He just got in a car accident. Luckily, he's okay. But he should have a chance to step into the Steelers' offense and play a part. Uh, people are saying right now he's already going to be Chase Claypool's replacement, a big wide receiver on the outside that can win those 50-50 balls. But Pickens is a nice player. And the Steelers, obviously, you when you they draft wide receivers, you pay attention because they've had so much good luck drafting wide receivers after the first round. You've seen the Deontay Johnsons of the world, the Antonio Browns of the world. There's so many good ones that they've drafted, Mike Wallace. So I do take notice of that, and that's a big reason why I have him ahead of Christian Watkins as it stands right now. George Pickens is somebody I think in his rookie season could be a valuable fantasy commodity, but in Dynasty, I like him even more so because I think he's a chance to earn the number two targets in this offense behind Deontay Johnson after this year. I don't see Claypool sticking around long-term and Pickens. That's eventually going to be his targets just for him alone. So Pickens, somebody that I think could contribute well this year. Um, but in dynasty, I'm more bullish on him for sure. Traylon Burks going as my number six wide receiver. And that might shock some people based off the destination and the potential, we saw that his talent was obviously undeniable, and he was the wide receiver one up until a couple months ago, and then people kind of started dropping him a little bit more. But in this class, Burks ranked first in yards per route run, 
third in, in yards per team pass attempt, fourth in share of team receptions, and third in share of yardage, first in receiving touchdowns. He's 6'2", 225 pounds. Uh, they com- people are comparing him to like a Demarius Thomas, Des Bryant, guys that don't necessarily separate, which scares a lot of teams, I think, and that's why he dropped because of his separation. Uh, people are wondering if he's going to be able to separate from defensive backs. But Demarius Thomas, Des Bryant, you've seen guys able to succeed and necessarily not being the best separators. He did have a 75th percentile speed score with 4.5540 at his height. Um, the, the athleticism, I think, is what some people are concerned about here. But you know he's got he's great when he gets the football in his hands. People have said he could be like also like a Debo Samuel in the sense of like, Hey, just get the ball in his hands. Don't worry about him separating. Just let him work. 57.2% of his yardage in 2021 came after the catch, which was third in his class, second in yards after the catch per reception. And 24.4 of Burke's targets were on screen passes, the highest rate of the draft class. So you can get him the ball and then let him work. So he's somebody I really like and someone that they could plug right now, the Titans in the slot if they're worried about him potentially being able to get open on the outside, he's AJ Brown's replacement. Robert Woods is going to be the number one target getter in this offense, but he's the same size type of athlete that AJ Brown is obviously not nearly the receiver. AJ Brown is, but he's somebody that's going to be taking that role, a big wide receiver for this offense. And right now I still have some questions, the quarterback position. I have some questions just so much. The Titans throw the ball. They were, 30, uh, I believe they were 31st last year in, in passing plays uh, per team. So the, only the Eagles threw the ball less last year. So the lack of potential volume in the offense and obviously some questions about his profile leave me at number six for him. Although he could very well be the number one in this class. It would not shock me. But as it stands today, there are guys in the top I'm a little more excited about in terms of the offensive they're in and just their overall skill set for the NFL. And that's going to kick off our top five, starting off with Sky Moore. Guys, just for those that don't know, I'm a huge Chiefs fan, and I was ecstatic when he fell to the Chiefs in the second round. Moore broke out at Western Michigan, 20.7% of the team's receptions last year, 25.6% of the team's receiving yards. He's only 19 years old. Uh, He played second fiddle to Dwayne Eskridge last year, obviously the Seattle wide receiver. But in 2021, Sky Moore took his play to another level. 95 catches for almost 1,300 receiving yards, 10 touchdowns, and a complete just runaway in the passing game. He was third in the class in targets per route run, fifth in yards per route, second in share of teams' receptions, and fourth in yardage, third in touchdowns. Um, Moore right now is considered the slant demon, the slant god, because he is just, from many experts, considered the best at the slant route position. If you look, 22.6 22.6 of Moore's targets were on slants, which is the highest of this class, and 33.5% of his yards came on slants, also the highest. Highest, And he had 433 yards on the slant alone, which is 189 more than the next in this class. He's somebody that's going to be lining up a lot in the slot for the Kansas City Chiefs this season. He's somebody that's going to have the potential to be the number one target in a Patrick Mahomes-led offense. Maybe not this year with Juju still there on a one-year deal. MVS is also there, of course, Travis Kelsey but he could be the number one wide receiver target in 2023. And that's what gets me super excited for him. I think he's going to be the most impact rookie uh, in the second round that was taken. And don't, again, don't be surprised if he's somebody that you see a sports center special on a few years from now that he slipped into almost the third round 
and the Chiefs just scooped him up, and he's just been an absolute steal ever since. His skill set fits the NFL well. He's very quick and shifty. His yards after catch ability is second to none. I wanted to put him up higher, to be completely honest with you, but the talent from the other wide receivers, even though their landing spots are, are hit or miss, outweigh Sky Moore's talent. I just think the situation for Sky Moore might arguably be the best one outside potentially Drake London. So Sky Moore, number five, very hard to put him down that low for me, but I think as it stands right now, that's where I have to put him. Number four on this list is Chris Olave. And Chris Olave from Ohio State, 840 yards and 12 touchdowns as a sophomore in 2019. And he's been a touchdown machine, 35 touchdowns, a school record throughout his career at Ohio State. 20% of his career collegiate receptions were for scores, which is the highest rate in this class. Olave was also second in the, the 2022 class and converting 62.5% of his contested catches while not being reliant on them as they're only 15.7% of his total catches. So someone that can win the contested catches, but he's also able to separate and doesn't have to rely on them. He right now, he ran a 4.39.40 at the combine, which is very good for him. Six foot, 4.39 is okay. Separators between the two uh, in sense of that Wilson, Garrett Wilson from the uh, New York Jets is the better guy in terms of making the, the high point catches. He's able to uh, better, he's better versus uh, catch and man coverage. But Chris Olave is a little bit better against zone coverage. And I think Chris Olave is somebody that with the New Orleans Saints, he should do really well with Jameis Winston. Michael Thomas, we don't know what he is at this point. He hasn't really played meaningful snaps in a few years. So Chris Olave has the potential of Michael Thomas is not where he should be to be the number one pass target in a Saints offense that needs pass catchers. So he has 100 plus targets, I would assume, in a 17 game season coming his way and should be able to do a lot with them. So I think the volume he's going to get the Saints offense in general is not a bad offense. Somebody that I think he can uh, potentially do really well in. I'm very excited for what he could provide for them. I think he's a high floor player and somebody that I think will make an immediate uh, impact in the NFL. So he's my number four player. Number three is Jamison Williams, who I think is the best overall wide receiver in this class and would have gone number one if it was not for his torn ACL in the national championship game. Jamison Williams is a really exciting player. He's somebody that the Lions, I was shocked that they went and got him. He was from Ohio State, transferred to Alabama, and didn't look back. He exploded uh, for 79 catches, 1,572 yards, 15 touchdowns in 2021, and he's 6'1", 179 pounds, so he does need to put a little bit more weight on that frame, but he's one of the best downfield threats, one of the best deep targets in this class. 19.9 yards per catch, 28.3 of his targets went on throws over 20 yards or more downfield, which was fifth best in this class. And no ride receiver in this class had more yards than him and more touchdowns on throws 30 plus yards in the air this season. All while he also sported 3.51 yards per route run, which is fifth best in this class. Again, the ACL injury made him slip a little bit more behind the first two guys, but he is the fastest player. If he gets the recovery time he needs, he's going to be the number one for the Detroit Lions for years to come. And Tons of fantasy value for Jamison Williams to come. He's somebody that the ACL injury right now has me a little bit more concerned. Dynasty, I have him as my number three. Also with the amount of pass catchers that the Lions have in Amon Ross St. Brown. Then they also have TJ Hawkinson. Both should be there for a long time. 
So I don't think he'll get as much volume as the other two guys, which is why he's my number three for dynasty. But the talent is number one for me in this class. My number two player, Garrett Wilson, who honestly I would have put number one if he was in a different landing spot, but he checks all the boxes in terms of the safest among wide receivers. As far as he's basically good at everything. He's coming off a season which he ranks seventh in the class in yards per route run, eighth versus man coverage, 20.7% of Ohio State's receptions last year, 23% of their receiving yardage, and he also uh, had higher rates than his teammate Chris Olave we just talked about in terms of touchdowns. So Wilson obviously has a lot of pros here. He should be able to come in from day one and be a huge impact for this Jets team. They have Elijah Moore who's had a great rookie season. He should slide in as the number two. Corey Davis, he's hurt half the time. Corey Davis will, I think, block Garrett Wilson from getting meaningful production in the first few games. I'm not worried about Denzel Mims and Braxton Berrios. I think Garrett Wilson, the first few games, you all have to kind of be patient with him, but he will evolve into the number one in this offense. I think the biggest question will be getting over Zach Wilson and if he'll be able to make the leap in year two that we're hoping he can make to make Garrett Wilson fantasy relevant. He's my number two wide receiver in this draft class and would have been number one if he had went to the team that took our first guy. But I'm very excited about Garrett Wilson. He's safe. He's somebody, again, that does everything well. If you if you watch his catches on tape, there's spectacular the way he can make the catches that he does. And very excited about him for Dynasty. My number one player for Dynasty is Drake London of the Atlanta Falcons. And it has much to do with landing spot as the talent. He was my number two receiver in this class, but the landing spot boosts him up to number one for dynasty for me. In 2021, he was going to have an historic season before he had an ankle injury in his eighth game that forced him to miss the remainder of the year. If you look at his numbers, though, it's pretty ridiculous for the fact that he did that in eight games. But prior to the injury, he was commanding a target on 41.6% of his routes 11 receptions per game for 135 and a half yards. Um, just absolutely fantastic what he was able to do for the USC Trojans there. You look at the Atlanta Falcons, Calvin really suspended for at least next year. Kyle Pitts is the only player on this team that's going to command a large target share. Lomiti Zacchaeus was the only one as far as a relevant wide receiver that was going to have targets. Auden Tate's also there too. But there's no reason that he can't fight for the team lead in targets with Kyle Pitts. Obviously, Marcus Mariota is there, and right now you can question him at quarterback. Desmond Ritter was drafted yesterday to be his successor, so maybe Ritter does get there some point this season. But the volume that Drake London is going to get, that's something you can't ignore. And I know people might question the ability to separate, which is something people might have the Nikhil Harry question with him. But it's something that I think I'm not too worried about. If you see... He's a little, he's kind of slow when he gets off the line of scrimmage, but then when he's able to actually gain speed and accelerate, he's not slow and he can separate from his receiver, from his defensive back. I think a little bit off the line, he's going to struggle a little bit. But again, once he gets going, he's like a gazelle. He's galloping down the field, uh, four, six speed, but he think he plays a little bit faster than that. He's going to be a red zone threat, red zone darling for the Atlanta Falcons. Somebody I'm very excited about. And with the landing spot and the touchdown potential with the Atlanta Falcons, he's my number one receiver in this class for dynasty purposes. What do you guys think? Do you disagree with the order I put these guys in? Do you have someone that should be in the top 12 that I didn't put in there? Someone like a Jalen Tolbert, maybe that you feel 
should have been with him being in the with the Dallas Cowboys that should have squeaked into the top 12 here. Maybe Tyquan Thornton of the Patriots. They jumped and made sure they got him pretty early. But let us know in the comments below how you feel about my top 12 uh, dynasty wide receivers of the 2022 class. And please make sure you like the video and subscribe to the channel. We're really close to 2,000 subs, only about 25 away. And a lot of you guys watch the videos and are not subscribed. So please, it helps us out a ton. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you guys for checking out another video on the channel, and we'll catch you all soon.